My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Are you a filmmaker with an obsessive need to recycle? Then the Walt Disney Company may be the place for you. Yes, sir. The latest evidence of that is their new picture, Cruella, about the origins of Cruella de Vil. You know, the villainess from 101 Dalmatians, the one who wanted to make a puppy coat, and by that I mean of, not for. It's just one more example of the can't-leave-well-enough-alone syndrome, and you know what happens if you catch this disorder? You're dead. No, you make a big old pile of money, that's what happens. Now, this relentless, albeit financially rewarding disease, is marked by a tendency to take the evildoer from an iconic tale and do what? Why, put them front and center in a new story, that's what. Make them the what you call anti-hero. George MacDonald Fraser did it way back in 1969. That's when he started the Flashman series, a dozen books featuring the bully from Tom Brown's school days. Then there was the novel Wicked by Gregory Maguire, which turned the story of the Wicked Witch of the West on its ear and later became a Broadway musical. One, incidentally, that's been attended by every tween girl on Earth and maybe some from Mars. And let's not forget Disney's own Maleficent, which transformed the evil fairy from Sleeping Beauty into a sympathetic antagonist. Fact, if you're a writer who can't think up new characters... It's a world of opportunity. Now, in this picture, it's Ms. DeVille's turn to have her reputation made over. Does it succeed? Well, it doesn't hurt that the Queen of Haute Couture, originally drawn as a sharp-boned gargoyle, is now being played by the doe-eyed Emma Stone, a, women, a woman so beautiful she makes Amanda Zayfried and Anya Taylor-Joy look like ugly stepsisters. You have a bit of an extreme side. I'm just saying's all. Anyway, we learned that Cruella... Cruella. That's what I said. Cruella. Cruella. I'm pronouncing it right. Cruella. Cruella. Stop gaslighting me. So we learned that... Cru- we learned that she, of the black and white hair, started life as Estella, the bright and rambunctious daughter of a single mother. As a young'un, her inability to fit the common mold leads to disaster, orphanhood, and finally membership in a triumvirate of child thieves. So she grows up to live in 1970s London, platonically, with her two felonious friends, Jasper and Horace. Those fellows, you'll recall, served as her henchmen in the 1961 cartoon. Her real ambition, though, is to be a fashion designer, and so having matured into a young lady, i.e. Ms. Stone, Estella, through a combination of talent, ambition, and luck, ends up working for the Baroness, the last word in high-society fashion. As played by Emma Thompson, the Baroness is cold-blooded as a snake, but with occasional flashes of humanity as she takes the talented newcomer under her wing. Yes, I know snakes don't have wings, but what was I going to say? Her soft underbelly? Anyway, upon discovering a personal betrayal by the Baroness, Estella takes on the persona of Cruella, a, fas- a rival fashion designer, out to crush the wealthy older woman in every way possible. This plan takes up the second half of the picture, with Cruella's revenge stopping just short of murder and the Baroness stopping just short of nothing. I must say the two Emmas acquit themselves nicely in this picture. They're nearly cartoons, but not quite, for while Miss Stone's hair may be black and white, she shades her character with enough gray to make her somebody you can root for. I hope I do. Take it easy, lady. I'm not giving out golden globes here. Now, as for Ms. Thompson, she has maybe the more difficult task, because even though she adds a human dimension to the Baroness, her character arc works somewhat against this. Even so, you can't take your eyes off this all-consuming villain, and that's as it should be. 
But while we're talking, here's a question for these talented ladies. Did you all have fun with your roles? I want to make art. Sorry, but out there in Hollywood... You don't got that many options. So, the film also dimensionalizes Jasper and Horace, played respectively by Joel Fry and Paul Walter Hauser. Jasper's the slightly more perceptive of the two, while Horace serves as the comic relief clown, with the film acknowledging the downside of being a henchman. And Disney doesn't forget inclusiveness either, with John McRae playing Artie, a vintage clothing store owner and eventual ally. He's portrayed as the kind of openly gay character that never would have flown in the 1961 film. That's quite fabulous. Yes, especially for the internationalist crowd. All this being said, the big question, of course, is why are we giving so many of our fictional villains a facelift? Why can't we let the bad guys and gals stay bad? Especially when we live in a society that does not, in real life, shrink from demonizing the so-called other, be they of different race, religion, or political belief. Well, I've pondered on this, and a couple of things come to mind. One is that we seem to love our miscreants as much as we love our heroes. After all, not one but two actors have won the Academy Award for playing Joker, but nobody's grabbed an Oscar for the role of Batman. And Star Wars never recovered its mojo once Darth Vader was out of the picture, so all of these stories featuring the rapscallions of our favorite tales, maybe they're just a way to revisit old friends and spend a little more time in their company. Right. Fine, if you don't buy that, how about this? Remember that line by F. Scott Fitzgerald who wrote, There are no second acts in American lives? Well, maybe we like to think that there is a second chance, that opportunity to be better than we used to be. I mean, for example, ain't Facebook kind of our second act, a way to put our best foot forward and convince folks we're not the mess they remember? If Flashman and Maleficent and Cruella can get a second crack at telling their stories, maybe we can too, you think? I should imagine. Button the mood. Okay, then I'll stop philosophizing. This picture I'm reviewing, I give it an A-OK. It's a little long. Or you'll fry it. Now, now, I just said it's a little long, so any small fry you bring might be a get, might get a little bit fidgety. But it's got a colorful palette, a likable anti-hero, and a villain to hiss, so maybe they'll take to it. Meantime, Grandma and Grandpa might just shed a sentimental tear over the 1970s fashion of their youth. And making old folk cry, ain't that the ultimate goal of any entertainment? <laughs> yes, sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing the film A Quiet Place Part 2. It's all about critters, but hear you talk and they'll eat you. What do you think of that? Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>